Welcome to the Wisdom Talk Radio Show, bringing you insight, illumination, and inspiration in service to the world. We are a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living, conscious business, conscious relationships, conscious community, and conscious evolution. Welcome to today's Wisdom Talk Radio podcast. Today we have part of the Wisdom Talk Radio Collective here to be with you. And we know the value of standing up and speaking out in our own lives. It's not always easy or comfortable. Yet in our intimate relationships and in today's social, political, energetic world, it means the difference between closing down in silence and claiming the truth of our own voice. I'm Laurie Seymour from the Baca Journey. I'm Gathanjali Hemp, founder of Centara System. I'm Aparna Sane, and I'm the founder of Prana Edge. So in today's coming together, in today's world, one of the things that I am hearing from almost everybody, it seems, that the issue of how do you communicate what is true within you? How do you communicate that particularly in intimate relationships? Although it seems to span every kind of relationship, what is most precious within me needs to be communicated out in the face of perhaps opposition, or at least, and I see this in intimate relationships, at least with upset, or a feeling of, this will not be received. And I'm seeing how the people, with the people that I'm working with, that they have to get so clear about what is true for them. And that wherever they might be starting from, that it takes some, some going inside and some really settling into, what, it, what do I feel? What do I want? What do I believe to be true? And maybe I need to look at that. Maybe I need to explore that a little more deeply and come to that place where what my message is, what what I'm needing to say is really aligned with who I am inside. And then next comes the how do I do that? But I'm wondering, you know, if... Kathanjali, you and you, Aparna, are feeling and experiencing that in your own worlds, whether with yourself or with others, that sense of people struggling to, to really communicate, to stand up with their own voice. Yeah, Laurie, I'm definitely seeing that. And I think there, there's another element to it that I've been, that I've been witnessing and noticing. Um, sometimes I think standing in our truth has a lot to do with our personal power. And I think humans in general, us people, have this way of really understanding or really living from the dynamics of power over and power under. So it's kind of like there is a truth or one person's truth takes over in a space. And I think what we're trying to learn and and apply in our relationships is how do we have power with one another? How is there room enough for everyone's truth to be heard, to be valued, to be shared, 
And part of that is, you know, to really align and know our own truth is essential and to be able to speak that. And then to also not need that to be the only truth in the space. And to know also when we're hearing other people's truths that, that there's a way that that's going to change us and it's going to change our truth. So there's a dynamic, there's a dance that's happening and feeling secure enough in our own ability to receive someone else and then find our truth as it's changed again. So it's not like we find our truth and then that's done. It's like it's continuously moving and shifting and changing and to get really good at that practice of dynamic listening, of listening to the dynamic as it's shifting within ourselves, as we're being informed by, by other, other people's truths and then finding ours within that context and offering it out. And sometimes I almost imagine it like it's these threads, like each of our truths is a thread that's weaving into a vast uh, a vast um, matrix or a vast uh, woven cloth of many different colors and many different strands. Um, And I think it's absolutely, it's so crucial that we all bring our truth, our voice, our perspective, our way of understanding to the table, because I think that's how we are going to create a world where we have a place and a world that is reflective of our own personal values and our own true essence. That's beautiful, Gitanjali. I think that um, also what I've noticed and observed in, in different settings is that oftentimes it's not even that we don't want to express our truth, but there are people around us who, you know, sometimes the loudest voice is the first one to get heard. And so what ends up happening is we feel like, you know, our sense of self-worth gets uh, tested each time because we feel like, oh, well, okay, maybe my point just wasn't even that valid or important. So there's, there's constantly, like you mentioned, there's constantly this struggle of or a, a way that we, we sometimes struggle with to express our truth because not every person, especially in a group dynamic, has equal um, representation. And then a lot of the people who don't, aren't the most vocal feel like they may not be the most valuable, they may not have the most valuable thing to say. So there's a lot of dynamic, this dance that's at play when we look at speaking our truth and having our authentic voice be heard. It's one thing, I think it takes a lot of work just within ourselves to to become that authentic being and be comfortable um, showing up that way. But then sharing that with the world, uh, as I've learned from my own personal practice, is a whole another um, learning where, you know, it's, it's how do we share this gift, the talents, the, the truths, the beauty that resides within all of us with our friends and with the world at large? How do we take something beautiful and make it available to tons of people and really make an impact? Because at the end of the day, we all want to create impact and really have, um, you know, we want to be contributors and we want to feel like we're, we're relevant and we're valid and, and all of those kind of thoughts uh, that come up as being human. Well, part of that, that just brings in a whole other realm of how do we, how do we share our truth? Um, 
you know, and sharing it in the, in, with a broader community and a broader audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah. so I really appreciate that. Um, it's an interesting thing that I, that you, you tweaked in me and that's about um, the goodwill that we can have in sharing our truth and, and how essential that is, whether that's one-to-one and me with my husband I have to have a feeling of, of goodwill, of, of really of love when I'm sharing, sharing what I feel is truth. Um, and, that, and sometimes I know I feel truth to have its own entity. And uh, while that's fluid, it, it, it has a resonance in my own body when I come to something and realize that this is really the experience of what's going on in a particular situation. It's like my whole body flows freely and it's clear and there is love and there's no agenda or expectation or need to need to control. And that sense that you, you mentioned a part about the, the law, the loudest voice was mm-hmm. spot on. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's what ends up happening so often. And, uh, you know, and it, it, I think you bring up a really good point. It's, it's about this whole conscious communication, right? Uh, we want to be conscious, but then even in our expression, we want to be aware that we, everybody's voice is getting heard and that everybody in, is, um, is able to express themselves. But that takes a willingness on everybody's part to tune into themselves. And not everybody has that. You know, if we see, if we go out to the larger uh, world and we see some of the political discourse that's going on, (laughs) there's not a lot of goodwill, is there? Uh, I mean, that's that's actually um, a a little bit of judgment there because, uh, you know, everybody from their core has the intention of goodwill, but it's, it's not perceived that way, nor is it being received that way. But it's being delivered as, I guess, good is always an interesting term, but it's being put out there for the betterment of humanity, supposedly, but it's just not being, you know, it's not coming out that way. Well, I mean, ultimately, that's, you know, to me, that's distortion, and that's a whole nother conversation. So we all have our distortion, (laughs) right? I mean, our internal distortion. So we think we're doing one thing, but it's being, it's being, the impact is different. And I think that what what, what I hear is when Lori's talking about that, that clarity, that movement, that fluidity and alignment with our own truth, that's a, that's a very different place. And coming from that place, there's less distortion. And so, you know, if I think about, we all have distortions. And if I think about what those are, like what keeps me and people from being able to speak our truth, I think it comes back to the very simple things of a lack of self-worth or value. And mm-hmm. so doing work around that. Um, would probably be helpful and really getting in touch with each one of our own innate values and our inherent worth and that our truth, however simple, however quiet, however, you know, whatever way you could, you could try to make it seem not worthy is absolutely essential to the collective and to the people around us. Yeah. And to really, really own that and know that. And there was another thing I was going to say, but I'll, 
I'll bring it up later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that tapestry that you mentioned, Gathanjali, it, it will never look the same unless everybody is willing to bring their own voice, their own colored thread to that. You know, something will be uniquely missing, or at least we'll have a different tapestry without, you know, the willingness of people to be part of that. Um, and I think what's so important is to get to know what, what truth feels like in your own body. Because we, we can learn to go beyond our distortions. We have to recognize that, yes, they're, they're there. We may start with those. But there is a feeling in the body, and that's why I spend so much time talking about that feeling body, to start to identify what does truth feel like when I am aligned. And that's what I'm meaning by truth. Yeah. I'm feeling aligned with that bigger part of myself, not just my personality, that that has it, its own unique vibrational energetic feeling that's different when I'm scared or worried or tight or, or trying to control. Yeah, I'm going to get a little abstract here for just a minute because I do so much in the, in the energy world, right? Mm -hmm. so, so there's a way that there's a particular alignment we work with that connects to purpose. And there's a different kind of resonance that we work with when we're talking about embodiment of essence self. And there's a different type of energetic that we talk about when we're talking about manifestation and magnetism. And all of these overlay each other. And if any one of them is not happening, then the others kind of fall off. And so what I'm hearing when you're speaking is like that alignment, the alignment to truth is kind of a combination of all those things humming in a really nice way. So feeling connected to purpose in a meaningful moment to moment way, mm -hmm. you know, and that in each moment, there's a way we can show up that is so authentically true to the essence of who we are and, and really learning how to feel that, to know that, to be that. And, and that, that's a dance. It's an exploration. It's a discovery. We don't need to have perfection, but just even beginning to think that that's a possibility. Mm -hmm. and, and you both bring up a really good point about embodiment and, and just being in our body, because what ends up happening is sometimes what the, the place where when we are not authentic to our truth, so the first place it would show up is within our body. Because sometimes when we say something or even just put something out there, your body can feel um, that sense of unalignment or if you're not aligned, mm -hmm. get that right away, you know? So yeah. it's so important to have that awareness throughout our day as we move through different activities, events, um, I mean, I, you know, I've had cases where there might be some place I'm heading to. And then even the minute I get in the car, I just sense, oh, uh, why am I going there? You know, like your body just kind of sits and freezes and you're like, oh, I wonder what that's about. So, you know, just having like uh, awareness around certain situations can really um, help us quite a bit. I think it saves the whole angst of getting somewhere and really like, pushing ourselves and really driving through and, you know, all those mm -hmm, kind of mm -hmm. anxiety. Couldn't agree more, Aparna. Couldn't agree more because our bodies are that way we have of navigating, navigating through life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and as I kind of tune in, like I'm, to use your example, I'm, I'm off getting in the car to go somewhere and my body's going, eh -eh, nah, mm -mm, no way. And if I can stop and explore that, I might find, 
oh, you're just, you're nervous because you know you're basically the, an introvert, and you know you know you're going into this place where there's a lot of people. That can be great, you know, a little, little challenging, and I can breathe and work with that. Or it might be that my body knows because it's tuned into the energetic frequency of where I'm going to, and saying, this is not part of your purpose. It's not what you need to do now. Hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and really being able to learn how to listen to ourselves in that way, right? And so starting mm-hmm. that conversation and and that 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 voice is our truth also, right? Like whatever whatever as we start to dialogue with parts of self with our body mm-hmm. and the information and wisdom that lies there, that's that's the way we hone we hone our sense of truth and and um and our ability to communicate with it and then communicate it into the into the world. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And I think, you know, this topic came up, Lori, because you were saying you were seeing it so much in, in, in the world around you and people around you, people having this arise in relationship, the need to speak up and what the ripples that that's creating in people's worlds and lives. And I think, you know, just to make a really clear link between that personal and collective. And, you know, I always look at things as kind of these evolutionary currents that are happening as things, themes tend to ripple through, um, through people that are around me. And I think that we are really being asked to share power, co-create reality at a new level. And so we're really learning this at a whole new level and being asked to do this at a whole new level. And I think that's why relationships are a little bit bumpy at the moment, because we're trying to learn how to reorganize these power dynamics and show up in new and fuller ways um, together. Wow. Yes. I, I, I am seeing that so often and, and I, and I'm seeing the, the collective situation, the, 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 what's happening around the world as I look at what's, what's changing and occurring in the political, social, energetic landscapes and realizing the opportunity that it's providing to each of us to get clearer and clearer within our own bodies to get clear in our own selves about where we need to go, where we need to be, and and how we need to perhaps give voice to um, something that may seem to be in opposition, but perhaps it's really just another way for people to experience life. To this dynamics of the the relationship, which is what, Lori, you had mentioned, our relationships are suffering as a result of, or not so much suffering, but there's a lot of anxiety that we create in terms of how we we communicate and relate to each other. And I Mm -hmm. think that, um, you know, there's there's so much dynamic there uh, in terms of, because our relationships are considered, if you look at some of the statistics, they're like 70 or 80% of the reason why people sometimes um, have illness or stress in their life is, is a result of our relationships. So if we are more um, conscious in terms of how we come, come across to others, or even in terms of how we are when we are with others, and as we work through some of that and become more conscious there, um, you know, that in itself can really make the world 
a better place for lack of a <laughs> a better way of saying it but i think that there are lo- there's a lot to be learned here a lot of stuff that uh, you know as we evolve in this whole conscious community um it's one thing to kind of connect with yourself but how we're connecting with others is definitely something that we that still needs to be looked at and really worked on the power of our own voice is something we don't give much credence to the power of the voice in general is 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 something to explore because the sound of our voice it's an energy it's a frequency and it can be received as as a harmonic frequency or it can be received as a dissonant frequency our tone uh, our volume the the emotional energetic um, background that we're speaking from i know that if i'm in a dialogue with my husband and I want to be, I want to get my point across that I can be very, very strong and that my tone can take on a cast to it where, where it is not received from him or by him. And so it's not about tempering that. It's about me taking a breath and remembering that I'm standing in front of someone that I love. And as soon as I do that, the, that love permeates the, the vibration of my voice. And I have to be aware of how, that, how my own voice gets to impact everybody that I come in contact with. The, the, the server at the restaurant, the, you know, the person behind the checkout stand. The way that we speak has such incredible impact. And so it's the other side of, of uh, kind of suffering in silence is to also realize that we have a great opportunity as we're speaking in the world to, to carry that vibration of love out into the world. I really love that, Lori. And I think that that, that type of way of holding a conversation is so nice if we don't always have control of who's receiving right but if in our intimate relationships we can lay a foundation of an intent to hold each other in that way and um i'm gonna i I don't know this exactly but there was someone had mentioned a book that had articulated the difference between discussion and dialogue and i think you know, those words for me could be interchangeable, but they wrote a whole book and laid one out as one and one as the other. I don't, I don't have a value base on either of them. But what they were talking about was that a dialogue is more like two people ping-ponging ideas, trying to find a winner, like a game, like a tennis match, going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Versus, and so just the difference of the quality of that energy versus a discussion being a pool where two people keep inputting their information and allowing it to stew and receiving it and then speaking into it and offering themselves again. And I think that that is kind of like a conversation that's happening in a field of love, um, in a field of, of the intent being the goodwill for all and, and trying to come to something new. And the, the beauty of that is I think there can be some fear on the precipice in vulnerable. It's a vulnerable thing, right? Uh, on the precipice of sharing in that way, there's a way sometimes I think that we, that I will hold on to my viewpoint because I've identified with it. 
And it's scary to let go of an identity, especially when it's been hard to first generate the courage to even share that thing mm-hmm. that we're offering. And so yes. we cling to it. And when we in that clinging, there's a way that there's not an openness and that lovingness is gone because there's fear and fear and love can't exist in the same place. And so it's, it's very human. It's very normal. And just to attune to that awareness of, oh yeah, in this vulnerability, I might be clinging kind of tightly. I might be a little bit overly attached to what I'm sharing here. And so there's fear in the moment of putting it in a pool and feeling it begin to transform because you don't know if you're going to be able to hold yourself strong enough. But in that moment, when for me, when I get touched by someone else's truth and I find my truth again, there is such freedom and there is such a pleasurable experience in that transformational moment. So my mind fears it before it happens, but when it actually happens, there is such a blossoming of love and a, such a deeper knowing of myself and an even deeper truth that emerges. So yeah, it's a dance. Yeah. I'm sitting here with this big smile on my face apart. I have the feeling that you're in the same, same space, you know, as we're listening to this. <laughs> Yeah, it's just the, the, the beauty of that, that feeling of release and relief, you know, because there, there is relief when we come back to ourselves. Yeah, when we come Absolutely. back to ourselves. Yes. Beautiful. It is beautiful. And share ourselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, you know what, in today's world, it's unfortunately, it's often rare that, that, we have that opportunity to do that, or we take that opportunity to do that. But as soon as we do it, it kind of opens the door for someone else. And, you know, in not just even in our professional relationships, but I think it's really even important within our, our families and just to practice with our closest uh, relatives and, and friend, family and friends, because the more it's, it really is that dance and practice. So the more we get comfortable and at ease with that, um, the easier and also the more less stress we create within ourselves. Mm, a big one. Yeah, because family relationships can be pretty tough sometimes. And, but, you know, staying, staying by our truth and expressing yourself, that is sim- simply the the best way to keep from having a lot of anxiety or, or angst as it comes up, just being, being whole. Some words are coming to me that, that really both you, Gathanjali, and you, Aparna, kind of sparked in me, and that's about, and maybe, Gathanjali, you even said it. It's just coming to me in a different way, slightly different way, and that's about holding our own truth lightly. Um, it's that feeling of, yes, this is my truth, and in this, I want to hold space for, for the other. And then I don't have to um, have that tightness in my own body. Because truth f- flows. When I feel truth, it flows in my body. And so I have to hold it lightly. Not so that it, I can be knocked off of something, because it's not about that. It becomes very substantial within me and yet I can still hold it lightly. Mm. Yeah. I almost feel like it makes it stronger really. Like it just grows mm-hmm. it the current gets stronger. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And, and, and it's like, as we, as we do this and we do it, learn how to do it better and better in our personal relationships and how do we also do it in our world and, and, and for some start to take on a bigger voice mm-hmm. and in mm-hmm. the face of maybe larger opposition, because as we speak our truth, not everyone's going to like it or agree. Mm. That's a big one that you just said. And that's what I'm hearing from uh, some of my clients right now is, is the rocky road of, oh, my partner didn't like what he was hearing. Yeah. 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 And I think that's, uh, that's exactly where, you know, we all want to be liked and loved and appreciated. So this is where we have to stand true to our own um, grounding, right. And say, this is the truth that I'm experiencing and it may or may not always be light. And that's okay. We'll survive that. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and, and I think, you know, that's where we have some fear around that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, to get back to what we were talking about before and distortion or the listening to our bodies, we will survive someone not liking our truth, but truthfully, we kind of won't survive us not embodying our truth because those distortions lead to sickness. So, yeah. yeah. And so it's like, what are we really committing to and who are we ultimately here to honor? I think for me, I would say I'm here to honor the truth of my own essence and spirit manifest in form. And I'm here to serve the whole. Mm-hmm. Mm, wow. and, we, and we can do that in being in our own truth. Yeah. That does serve the whole. It does. So if it's, if it's not, even if somebody doesn't like it, but if it's in some ways denying someone else's existence, I know that that's not truth, yeah. you know, in that moment. And, and, and then there's a shifting that I'm needing to come to, a, a balancing and equilibrium that I'm needing to come to. But that honoring of who I am is the only thing that I can do. And, and it's, it's, it's what I have to come back to over and over again and, and acknowledge in, in everyone in my life. So this has been a very rich conversation. Thank you both for being part of this. I, I feel like um, I'm experiencing in this moment this feeling of being so full in, in our conversation. And I guess this would be, Gathanjali, according to that book, this would be a discussion. Did I get that right? I think so. Don't, don't quote me on it. I haven't read the book. <laughs> <laughs> However, whichever one somebody wants to call it, I, I really feel so appreciative of, um, of what's taken place here today. As do I. Thank you both so much. For me too. Thank you so much. And thanks to you, our listeners, for joining us today. The Wisdom Talk Radio Collective will be back together next month for another opportunity for wisdom exploration. Meanwhile, be sure to check out our individual podcasts and interviews for more inspiration and illumination. See you next time. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or 
at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook.